oh, you know, it's going. I'm not gonna lie and be like, oh yeah, everything's all right, because I'm I'm laid up, bro. <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I like I uh, I fucked up my back so bad. Um, I was like, so my wife and kids were out in Saskatchewan visiting their uh, visiting her mom, and so I was like, you know, trying to like fix up the place and. I went and got this like this cool new sound system and everything that I know she wanted, um, and I was I was hooking everything up. So I'm moving a table, but because it had this like this uh, ceramic bowl on it, I was moving backwards so as not to to make sure that it didn't uh, fall over. I tripped on like the corner of my couch, not expecting it, fell backwards, and I fell like awkwardly on my butt. But you know, like when you just like you you come to a sudden stop. Um, like everything in your spine just fucking compresses, and yeah, I got two hairline fractures in my spine. Yeah. Um, I am gonna have to like, I uh, I don't know, pay like, be very careful with my back for the next few weeks. I also have to like start taking yoga seriously again, and making sure I stretch and all that. Cause I mean, it was it's one of those things where like if I had like kept up and stayed limber like i like i have been for the majority of my life it probably would have been like a day or two injury wouldn't have been serious as this but because like i'm seated at the computer for so many hours a day i'll like work out but then not stretch i haven't been doing yoga for over a year yeah it's just yeah it's it's a lot worse than it would have been if i've been taking care of myself otherwise so wake up call does it sound like i'm on the mic or does it sound like i'm talking through the phone I feel like it sounds like you're on a microphone. Right. No, you, you sound fine to me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hey, Vita, how's it going? I hear you. You sound like hella far away. Oh, that's weird. He sounds he sounds okay to me. I don't know. Excellent. If anybody else is listening, can you um, let us know in the chat if you can hear T or if it's just me? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Maybe just like uh, speaking closer to your microphone. I am. I okay. How about now? I mean, I can hear you. I can hear you more, but I can't hear you nearly as clear as I can hear Q. It sounds like your. Okay. How about this? Is this better? No. Like Q sounds Mm. loud and clear, and you sound like you're far away. Oh, 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 oh! Here we go. Yeah, this is it. Oh, what was that? Uh, no, I'm just sitting here turning the wrong knob. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This guy. How come you can hear That's crazy. Pardon me? How was that? How come you were able to hear T? How come I was what? what? Able oh, to he's... hear T. Oh, I don't know. High. Yeah, it could be that. Because what? Uh, do you have your earphones on? Because I feel like there's an echo coming from you. There is an echo, yeah. yeah it's uh... Vita, put your headphones on, girl. Oh, come on, you're a pro. How are you still not are you still showing up with no headphones? Because I you know what? Because I'm on my phone. I just I don't okay. I'm not using like my tablet or nothing. Hold on. I'll mute it. Yeah, this is a free for all, so if anybody has a topic, feel free. If you want to talk about Elon Musk and how you're happy you no, bought Twitter. If you want to talk <laughs> about your NF your new <laughs> NFTs. You wanna talk about your NFTs, talk about your NFTs, you know? 
Uh, I'm going to say right is. now. I know, we're not, mm-hmm. I know we're supposed to be polite to our audience, but if anybody gets up on the microphone talking about their NFTs, I'm just going to fucking bully them. I'm just going to let you know that right now. <laughs> no, maybe they have a good tip for us. Maybe, they may, they'll be the one to you know, convert us and All make right. us true believers. Yeah, I don't know. You never know, man. Um, could be that Gary, Gary V is uh, into NFTs, and if he's into them, you know they're reputable. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Gary Vee's into NFTs. Really, the, the guy who like the guy who thinks that you can like uh, like succeed no matter what, no matter what the circumstance. He's got NFTs. He's no got way. NFTs. Yeah, it's very surprising, right? Uh, yeah, not very. Uh, we're definitely not talking about LA riots discourse. We're keeping that. We're keeping that off the. <laughs> we're keeping that off the books. I didn't even know about LA rights. Like I've not been on really any news or Twitter uh, today. I've been running oh, around. Yeah, it was the anniversary of the LA, LA rights a couple of days ago. Oh, okay, got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Right. I'm trying to put my headphones on. I'm sorry, but I know where I do. I, I'd have no problem talking about that, and I feel like we should stop calling them riots because they weren't riots. But we'll fix, we'll fix my headphones. Yeah, I know people have started calling them the uh, L.A. Uprisings, right? Uprisings, yeah. yeah. Uprisings, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I've always been called. That's what I've always called. Who's, who's Echo is that? I think it's still Vita. I mean, I don't know. My my kind of take on it is I feel like... um. Rights gets a bad rap. Like, like I think rights has kind of become like a dirty word. But I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like as a concept. Um, no, wait, no, that's you. Wait, it's me doing the echo. I'm hearing this faint echo. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing it now too. But how can I? That's really weird. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. There's only echo when I talk. There's echo when you speak to. This is when I talk. Is it that your headphones are so loud that they're picking up me saying things into your speaker? Could be. Or your how about now? Other? Okay, how about now? It's still here. Oh, wait. wait no, it's, it's gone now, I think. Yeah, so I think no, wait, no. Exactly I, can, I can barely hear it. Okay. Okay, yeah. I think it's, I think it's that. I think it's um, feedback. Uh, so, okay. Invite Vita back up. Um, yeah, fuck it. Let's talk. Let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it. Why uh, not? We're already on the topic. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it's a free for all, so people could talk about anything else. They don't have to stick to this topic, but we can start with we can start with that one. True. True. Yeah. Sir, sorry. Wait, wait. Go ahead, Vita. Oh, I thought I thought he was gonna say something. Oh no, no, I had nothing, I had nothing to say. I'm, I I don't know much about the topic, to be honest. Except for like what I saw in the news, so I mean, I mean, oh. we have an L, we have an LA person right here, so it's gonna defer, defer to you on the topic. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, it was the anniversary of the thirtieth um, after the thirtieth anniversary of the LA uprisings. We call them either the uprisings, the civil unrest, or the rebellion. Usually, people say the rebellion for the Watts rebellion uh, for '65. Um, so I usually say civil unrest or uprisings, and the reason there's a very um, distinct reason for that because uprisings are a protest, and riots are you know that's a legal term. That's a riots are illegal. Uh, an uprising is a protest, 
and we're not criminals. You know what I mean? Um, it, to me, it was it's it's very important that we talk about the uh, anniversary of the riots, at least for LA, because you guys weren't here. Um, I was really young, um, but I do remember certain things distinctly, and I've been doing a lot of work and coverage of the uh, of the anniversary. I mean, I'm doing a lot of coverage for the anniversary here in LA for different entities here in LA, and um, in talking to people who were here, I actually um, hosted an event. Well, part part of the team that was hosting an event here, where we had conversations between youth, teenagers, and elders, and people who were you know in between. Um, we, did, we did one yesterday. I'm not yesterday. Yeah, yesterday and um, the Saturday before. And there were so like, basically it's like a lunch, and we all talk about what happened, and we talk about and talk to the young people about what happened. And we talk about the inequity that was here prior to the uh, uprising, because everyone in the media centers it around the Rodney King beating and the acquittal of the officers, um, and as as a thing that the whole um, protest was about, and it it was part of it. It wasn't the whole picture. Um, we have to remember that there was so much going on between the 80s and the 90s that um, that was more so the spark where, where the gas had already been sitting, right? So you're talking about coming off of the heels of the crack epidemic and pretty much still kind of in it at that time too, but it hadn't just like disappeared, right? And you're talking about the destruction of black communities um, economically, so we had factories here in L.A. that had left, and many people lost their jobs in the 70s. And so right around that time is when the economic decline of the black area started to come. Because remember, during the Great Migration, people were coming here, and, you know, for the most part, people were doing okay. Like, they were doing better than they were in the South, at least. They were able to buy a house. They were able to um, work a good job um, in the factories that had, you know, that had many benefits to it. When those left, people lost everything. And then you're talking about this high concentration of liquor stores that started to get built around the 80s and 90s, around the 80s. So the Japanese population that was here in South LA actually left. And the Black and Japanese community actually got along. Um, in fact, uh, I, I, when I was in doing my work um, these past couple months, you know, talking to a lot of the elders in the community, they would talk about how you had Japanese-owned businesses and they were very friendly with the Black community. Um, you had you had Japanese children that went to school with black kids. You had black kids who were in some of the Japanese schools. They had schools because they were Japanese students, so they learned the language. And you had black students in some of those schools as well. Um, as they began to move out and move to, more towards the Alhambra and Pasadena areas and things like that, and uh, SGV, where there was a growing Asian uh, community, um, the Korean businesses started to come in. And when the Korean business owners came in, their interaction with black people was much different. They didn't really like, they didn't interact with black people. They didn't really live in the community with black people. They um, were very rude to black people. And then one of the most distinct situations is Latasha Harlan's situation where the Korean store owner murdered a black child um, after having an altercation with her because she had accused her of stealing an orange juice. Um, mind you, the girl had the money in her hand. Um, but that's the whole, and the fact, I believe she left it on the counter. And as she was walking out of the store, this woman shot and killed her in the back of the head, and then that woman got only probation. She didn't see a day of jail, right? Um, that happened in 91. That was before Rodney King. 
Yeah, that was um, about... that was a, that was a year before. That was uh, soon that or soon ja, soon ja do. Um, yeah, yeah she she like received that. probation uh, from a no no that was her name. I actually interviewed this academic that wrote um, both uh, a, a couple of papers and a book um, on the uh, the unrest leading up to the uh, the, up, the uprising. Uh, her name is uh, Keyoung Park. She is a, uh, okay. a sociologist that uh, her her like background of experience is in um, the like the interacting tensions between uh, Koreans and Black people, uh, especially in Crenshaw. So she, she, you oh, okay. know, she has like, yeah, she's got like plenty of like scholarships, papers, um, and a book on the topic as well. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, like on the one hand, like, hang on one second. What? Go wash your hands. What? <laughs> Sorry. My daughter's asking me for something here. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Um, but at any uh, anyway, I'm not. I want. I want him to finish what he's gonna say. But, um, yeah. So y- it was a lot of tension that was going on already here. People losing their jobs, the high concentration of alcohol, the crack epidemic, people getting incarcerated left and right. There was even songs like "The Battering Ram" was a, ra- a very popular song that was out in the '80s about how these police were really bringing a battering ram and bang- banging in people's houses and raiding people's homes. Um, you're talking about police brutality that was happening. Now, in fact, I'll tell you this. I just did a story, I did a podcast, and we interviewed a an ex-LAPD officer, a black guy from South Central, who was an officer during the riots. Um, I don't know why I said riots, during the uprising. Um, during the uprising. So he, here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I, Okay, I know that a lot of people don't like the word riots, but frankly, I... I I don't. I don't see the issue. I don't see the issue with the word riot. Like, all it means is that well, there's uh, there's unrest. Well, uh, it's it's taken on it's taken on like a it's taken on like a legalistic. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll say ahead. this because I'll say this because I feel like white people use that word to mean anything. But they still call Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre a riot. You see what I'm saying? They call things race yeah. riots. So I, that's why I try to be cautious about that particular word. But you're you're not wrong. As far as the actual definition and all that, I'm more so thinking about the context in which white people in media use it. Does that make sense? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm I'm I'm, try- I'm very cautious about it. But at any rate, um, and I also want you to finish what you were going to say before you left. But um, I yep. forgot what, where I was at at that particular point. But, oh, I was talking about this officer. And one of the things that the officer said on this podcast, he said, you know, when he first saw the video, he said that, in fact, he thought that was on a scale of one to ten of the worst he had seen had been being an officer as far as beating black people. He said that was a three. He said they look like love taps in comparison to what you saw on a regular basis here in South Central. And that was what was caught on video. He said there were times you saw people beaten so beaten so bad that you could see brain matter coming out of their head. That's was how that was how bad the and severe these these the police were treating us, right? And it was blatant. So what we saw on camera wasn't even the worst that was going on here. So I, I even want I want to put that in the context because I think people only look at that acquittal as being the thing that 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 made everybody just go nuts in L.A. or something. And it was much deeper than that. There were so many things that were happening at the time that people just got fucking fed up and they were tired and they were best friends started burning down. And mind you, most of the businesses that got burned down were actually liquor stores. People don't know that. Over 200-something liquor stores were burned down. 
and just about as many were prevented from being rebuilt because community organizers said, no, we don't need any more liquor stores. And we still have the highest uh, concentration of liquor stores in pretty much Southern California. And we're still fighting that today. So I'm just wanting to, I just want to make it very clear. It's just when people talk about that situation for people who are still living here, that was a big, heavy time. Somebody, one of us I interviewed from uh, this podcast, um, she was talking about how the police officers came and they were blocking off the mall, but they had rifles in their hands and they were aiming them at, at young people on walking home. Like, this is what people were experiencing. I remember being a kid and I was so terrified because, you know, when, people, when adults tell you stuff or you watch the news, you don't always have the clearest understanding or interpretation of what's going on. And I thought the police were just going into people's homes and dragging pe- back black people out and beating them. That's what my interpretation was as a child. And I remember seeing fleets and fleets of police on motorcycles and me being so scared. My mother couldn't even leave me at home. I had to go to work with her and hide under the desk because I was just so scared about these police coming in and attacking us. Like, these were real fears. These were real things that people were thinking and feeling and seeing. And I think sometimes because it gets talked about in the media a certain way, we don't really consider the inequity and the disinvestment and the things that that caused civil unrest, that created an uprising. And that's what I wanted to say. But what were you going to say, Q? No, I was going to say that, um, you know, I'd done a lot of – because my uh, before I switched into political science, my undergrad, like when I when I entered university, was communications. Uh, so um, I was like uh, doing a lot of uh, work and research on this. And uh, one of the things that my professor asked me to do was to see if I could get in contact um, with people in LA. Like you know, challenged me to do that was to get in contact with people and talk to them rather than sort of like rely on you know journal articles and newspapers and so on. One of the things that really stood out to me though was um, there was a, a local paper, like a, a community paper called the Korean Times, and it was just like when I say this was some just nasty racism. I mean, they they were like calling black people all kinds of uncivilized savages and saying that, you know, well, this is what happens when you, you don't listen to the police or listen to anybody. And, you know, like, why are they so angry? They can't even manage their own communities. And it was just like, it was just like straight up, like some of the most racist shit that I've read to this day. And so like, uh, there's a few, you know, there's a few people on Twitter that I'm are normally am okay with. Like, we're not like, you know, I don't have any uh, problems with them, but I don't know. just find that like, there are some people uh, from the Asian community broadly, but also like uh, from the commu- Korean community. Some of them, I think, have ties, uh, like either lived there at the time or had people, like had family members who lived there. Um, and their interpretation of events is just that, like, you know, uh, black people were using Koreans as a, a proxy, like, because they couldn't uh, take out their anger on the police directly or on the system directly. They were venting on Koreans instead. And I'm just like, it, that's that's pretty facile way of looking at it. I think you do have to acknowledge that um, that there were like I think it, it is uh, necessary to acknowledge that there was violence committed against Korean store owners, regardless of like how they were treating people in the community. That stuff did happen. Like there was a Korean store owner that was like shot and killed um, a year earlier. Uh, and there were like, there were like many incidents of people that were being called like racial slurs, uh, by their customers and, um, that like faced robberies and like violence outdoors and that sort of thing. Like that's, that's a hundred percent true, but 
you also don't get to use that as you don't you also don't get to use those violent incidents as a proxy for all black people and say well you know this is what like black people in the neighborhood thought about us because that that's to say that the the worst examples of inter-ethnic violence and tensions are indicative of how all black people in the community are and i think that holding on to that 30 years later like i, I just don't see the point of at this at this point it, it's useful to talk about this stuff to talk it through to see how we can avoid something like that happening again i don't see how it's useful to start um getting into whose fault it was and uh you know when i was talking to a couple of the people uh one of them who did a, a fairly lengthy and i think really like at at best one-sided at worst like hella anti-black thread on on the uh, on the the uprisings I was just like, well, like, what do you, what exactly is the the purpose here? Like, what's anybody supposed to take away from it? And she was saying, well, it's, you know, dispelling myths. I'm like, okay, well, do you see anybody? Do you think that anyone's learned anything from it? Like, for for all the responses you've got, with everyone saying that you're being anti-black as hell, do you think that there actually there's actually anything that's been learned from this, or is it more so you're poking into an open wound that hasn't been, you know, what I mean, like there, there hasn't really been any healing from this. As you say, Vita, the economic situation hasn't changed much. Um, there are still food deserts in the area. There's still a dearth of black-owned businesses. There's still police brutality and violence. There's still inter-ethnic tensions. So really, like, what is, what is the overarching objective here? Uh, um, I, have, I, have, I have so many reactions to that and so many feelings to that. Because there's so much that I feel people ignore or they don't want to admit to. For one thing, I take issue with Korean store owners talking shit about their patrons because they don't live here. L.A. in particular. I can't speak for other neighborhoods and other black neighborhoods across the country, although I find it to be an interesting coincidence, quote unquote, that in many black communities all across the country, you have Korean store owners in communities they don't live in, and yet they treat the customers like shit. But specifically in LA, I take a big issue with that because they make plenty of money or have made plenty of money off of our community. If we were so fucking bad, then why are you fucking here? That's my real, that's, my, that's how I really feel about it. If we're so fucking horrible, if we're animals and we're this and we're that, then why the fuck are you here? Then don't come over here. We don't benefit from you being here. In fact, they do things to purposely close out and shut up black people from businesses. We've watched, I don't know how many times, uh, Korean store owners in certain industries lock out black people from industries that target and, and, and us. So how fucking dare you? That's how I feel about it. Now, that takes us to a much larger conversation. Because it is bigger than just white, um, um, black, and Korean and Korean Americans, right? It's much bigger than that. Because, like I said, the coincidence, quote unquote, is that for some reason they seem to be able to open up all their businesses in our community. That's not an accident. They're not a bunch of Korean liquor stores and beauty supply stores in white neighborhoods. They over here. That ain't an accident. There are agreements that were made so things like that could happen. 
There were loans that they were given so things like that can happen. So clearly it's bigger than just them because they're getting it from somewhere. They're getting that support and, and, and everything from somewhere. They ain't magically fall off the fucking sky. But we're the ones that are economically disenfranchised from it. And then to come here and treat us like shit, talk shit to us, and then hop on the fucking internet and say some other dumb shit, that pisses me off. Because you're not really about the shit, especially if you're trying to be a left or whatever the fuck you claim you are. I don't, just, I don't know, you know, BLM, whatever the fuck they be talking. I don't know what the fuck these people be talking about. They're all kind of stupid shit. I see, I've just seen so many different types of conversations coming from people. And then they're trying to reflect on what happened here. As though they were the, as, and I'm not saying that they didn't suffer. A bunch of us suffered. But we're the ones that have become economically disenfranchised as a result and before it. So who the fuck are you to say that, you know, to complain about, call us names and all this other shit when you're benefiting from us? Feeding your families off of our fucking dollars and shutting us out from our very own industry. That makes me upset. I'm not I'm not talking that towards all Korean Americans or Korean. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about as a group. Because these these are very real things. And when people hop on and start writing shit, I've seen this one girl writing all types of bullshit. She lied most of her fucking thread. I can't remember the girl's name. I might end up blocking her because she made me mad. I blocked a few bunch of people. But they were just mm. saying a bunch are of you guys talking about the, Are you guys talking about the same thread? I've seen multiple threads, so I'm not sure which one he's oh. talking about. Oh, so there was multiple threads on this topic today. Um, I only, yeah, I only commented on one, so I don't know what I don't know which one he's specifically talking about. Also, I want to make sure that the callers get a chance to um, jump into. But only after you're done. Only if you're done with your point. I mean, I made my point. I just I just take issue with you know Korean Americans talking shit about what happened as though we weren't the ones that were suffering before, during, and after. That whole situation. We've been here fighting and trying to build in our communities. They have made it extremely difficult for us to own businesses in our own communities. And then other people come here, make money off of us, shut us out of other, shut, shut us out of business intentionally, treating us like shit, but make money off of us and then have the nerve to talk shit about fuck you. That shit makes me upset. That's what I that's, and that's that's my main point in that. But um, I see Owen is there. Hey y'all, uh, appreciate you for letting me up. Yeah, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah, you sound okay. great. We yeah, we can we can hear you. Go ahead, bro. I got you. Um, I I don't know. I just I joined late. I was wondering if y'all talked about like the uh economic aspects of the 92 LA rights when it came to and its relation and also its connection to the 1986 LA Olympics and how that economically like uh, destroyed the infrastructure of the city kind of like setting everything up for the 92 rights to happen oh uh, no not at all if you if, if you want to drop oh sorry go ahead go ahead Vita. I was gonna say no I, I didn't mention the Olympics and the only reason I, I didn't, and I'm not saying that wasn't a big part of it, it was definitely a huge part of it, is that a lot of those economic conditions and the problems were were, were, were coming. Like, I don't know if the Olympics would have, would have, not being there would have changed that, to be honest with you, because it was just so much that, that led up to it. But I, I, just, I definitely... Yeah, there was, there was already, like, yeah, there was already white flight. Um, there was already, like, the closure of 
um, factories and businesses that employed, you know, literally hundreds of people. So that, that was already happening. Oh, um, and what, freeways and then building freeways and fucking up black communities. Yeah. That's, that's, that's another part of it. I, I do believe that, but I also believe that uh, the Olympics kind of made the situation worse because um, part of while I was in college was like just studying certain parts of the Olympics and how, uh, well, also the reason, I'll say this first, the reason why I started studying the Olympics in the first place was because I knew people who were trying to be in the Olympics. And then I kind of saw anywhere that they went or anywhere there the olympics went after the olympics left that certain area in that certain country or city or state the like it would be economically destroyed and depleted and then after that uh there would be like certain events that would happen which would kind of be like certain violent events like the la riots or something else like that could that could be representative of like uh a a, a big part of like money or infrastructure being taken away after like a bunch of people come there for a huge event and then leaving all of a sudden after and leaving a bunch of empty buildings around and a bunch of people without jobs and a bunch of people without having anywhere to go after they've been given jobs and told that it would be uh, a sustaining job rather than just like something that'd be for a short amount of time. But I, I don't know if that, if that makes sense or not. I mean, it's one of the weirdest open secrets that both um, Olympics, hosting the Olympics, but also stadiums don't deliver what they promise at all as far as being an economic boon. But people keep chasing them anyway. It's the most bizarre thing. Like in in policy circles, they all know this already, but they still keep selling stadiums to neighborhoods and develop, developers and all these promises and time after time. It's kind of shown to just not really help anybody, but the developers and the um, fat cats. It's a weird, it's a weird enduring um, myth that all the data is against, but still persists. So I could see it playing a role for sure. I mean, the extent of the role, I'm not qualified to say, but I could definitely see it, see it playing a role. Yeah, I was yeah, I just mean, I watching. Go ahead, Vita, my bad. I was just saying, I don't think you're wrong. I think I don't think you're wrong at all. That's all I was saying. Go ahead. Um, if you don't, I don't know if you have anything else to say. If you do, by all means, say it. If not, I was going to move on to um, the doctor. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just saying the how I saw that originally with the Olympics, other than like studying it, was a, a documentary is about Oh, four hours. It was pretty good. Called LA ninety two, and that's probably like the best summary of the uh, ninety two riots that I've seen. But uh, thank you for your time tonight, everybody. Yeah, thank you for coming up. Definitely appreciate it, for sure. Um, so, doctor, by all means, feel free to unmute and let us know. And also, I believe that's, do- I believe that's about- Doctor Claw. Oh yeah! Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, gadget. I'll get you next yeah, time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Q. Um, good evening, everyone. I, I did. I think I saw one of the threads. Uh, first of all, I'm glad you guys are talking about this um, because as Vita illustrates, there's a lot of 
myths about what really went down and what really caused the riots that are being regurgitated throughout popular media, media, and especially throughout social media. You know, I was a kid on the other side of the country, so I just saw whatever was nationally uh, reported. Uh, but I do uh, remember doctor, reading about. Uh, real quick, did you see one of these threads too? I just wanted to get the context. Uh, I'm, I'm just yes, curious how many I, people saw these saw these threads. I saw, I saw one of the threads. Okay. And um, because, and I think it was aptly described as um, a hard R screed wrapped in identity politics. Apparently, this is a Korean American woman who was basically trying to paint the uprising as, you know, black folks burning down Korean businesses. And my dude, Ike Moses, uh, who you know, was born and raised in LA and I've known him for like years, almost 20 years now, <laughs> he, he pointed, he immediately pushed back on that. And he said that, um, no, it wasn't like, you know, there weren't, it was actually like, it, it was actually for the most part, I shouldn't say for the most part, but like, um, I would say like a plurality of the, the people that yeah. were, um, that were like uh, uh, committing arson on Korean businesses, they were actually Latinos. They weren't black people. Right. And also the fact that, you know, people burned, it wasn't just Korean businesses targeted. You know, you mentioned Thrifties, which is a, you know, well-known favorite, you know, beloved ice cream joint in, um, in LA. And multiple people told me about this. You know, that place got burned down and broken too, and just the the fire just spread. But this person was going on talking about, oh, it was people targeting us and all this other BS. So it's important to have the perspective that Vita and others who were there um, to put over that. Um, yesterday, I was watching uh, This Is Revolution's show, and they were talking about this. And like Vita had pointed out earlier, it was way more than Rodney King, it was way more than. Um, whatever else you usually hear talking about it, it was, you know, deindustrialization. It was the worsening of the police. It was all of these things coming together and people were just fed up with the injustice. And, um, you know, if you don't resolve that, you're going to have, you run the risk of having these kind of things. But I think um, one thing that was important, I think that came out of that is like LA kind of got caught like <laughs> with his pants now because they didn't, they didn't have a plan for this kind of thing. Like they, tend to do now, but like, um, you can't ignore the, all of the factors that came into this and all the tensions that came through this. Cause when you take away people's livelihood, um, the way that it's done and the police start treating that era, like an area, like a war zone, you start seeing these kind of things. But, um, I'm glad you guys talked about this, um, in these terms, cause you know, um, especially with these anniversaries coming up and especially with the things that are still going on not just in LA, but everywhere else where you have these problems. When you talk about all the liquor stores, I thought about um, where my aunt lives in Maryland near DC. And I remember like about 20 years ago, we came out to visit. It's like, damn, it's like all these liquor stores on every corner, liquor store here, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store. It's like, which one? Cause we were trying to figure out the landmark and where we were supposed to make our turn. Cause you know, that was back before the days of Waze and Google maps. It's like, well, which liquor store do we have to turn at? <laughs> so it was it was kind of eye opening, and I can just see some of the same dynamics Vita's talking about in Ohio, where I live, um, town I used to live in, Warrensville Heights. Um, a lot of the non-black business owners in that town they don't live in that town; they live on the west side, on the other side of the portal, and you know they run the business and the people work over here, but they don't live over here. So, you know, I think that all these things, particularly. Um, you know, when you see bad police acting up and you see all these other things acting up, you can pretty much backtrace it to 
um, economic opportunity being snatched away from the people that live there. Because then you start having all these problems. But, you know, people just don't want to pay attention to that kind of stuff. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Doctor. I definitely want to add something that you said, Dr. Claw. Um, <clears throat> it's funny calling you Dr. Claw. Um, 51% of the people that were arrested during the 92 uprising was, it was were Latino. So people don't talk about that part of it. it you're right. It wasn't even just that Latinos were very heavily involved. And it's fun, interesting that they often get left out of the conversation altogether. But I just wanted to add that point. Thank you so much for that point. Yeah, they definitely they definitely leave out the Latino part. They, they basically the, the national media tries to, you know, who the favorite scapegoat of national media is. But um, it's interesting that the Latinos uh, were left out of this conversation. Yeah, and it's, it's it's interesting, especially if you consider the fact that you know, and the girl I would try to find that thread, and that girl protected her tweet, so now I can't see that shit. But she never, I don't even think she mentioned Latinos at all. I think she only mentioned black people. Which I find nope, that she very only, yeah, that's why, that's why it was called the hard R screen. <laughs> yeah. Because there was no match of the Latinos at all. At all. And her name, uh, is her Twitter was taken now, but I'm going to put her name out there. It's Dotori, D-O-T-O-R-I-I underscore M-U-K. So, if you're interested in finding out who the fuck I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about. I don't always see people. I don't always tell everybody's Twitter name on on these shows and whatnot, but fuck her, because um, it was very much um, and some and it was much anti-black shit. And that's the that's the thing. If if it was really if they were really upset about their stuff being burned down, and it was really about just that, then they would have also mentioned the Latino community in that. They would have been they would have been saying. Black and brown folks was burning our shit down. That's not never once that I see. I mean, it was a whole lot of it was pretty much everybody taking part in the riots. But when I say Latino people were um, heavily present, it's because that was the demographics of the neighborhood, right? Well, like, yes, they, it's South Central. South Central's half Latino. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, now it's more than that. At the time, it was probably about that much. But you no, know. at the at the time, it was like close. Yeah, it was like they were. I mean, they were definitely the plurality. I don't know offhand if they were the majority, but I know that they were like by far the the plurality in the neighborhood. So. Yeah, to say that that was like uh, that was on black people, I thought was incredibly dishonest. Um, and then also like, you know, uh, like there was people that were actually glorifying, uh, you know, the Koreans on the rooftop of the shops, um, ready to just like shoot people. And I think that like what what uh, what happens a lot when people talk about the quote unquote roof. I, I even fucking hate saying that rooftop Koreans, but when people talk about that, um, it's not just people that were sitting on top of their uh, the roof of their businesses. Um, ready to shoot like uh, anybody who was trespassing or uh, attempting to commit property damage. It was people that were in their cars driving around with like shotguns hanging out the window, ready to shoot, like threatening and ready to shoot people. So it's not, it's not, it wasn't just defensive; it was offensive. Like people were like going around the neighborhood, almost like an you know impromptu like neighborhood patrol, um, letting people know like, hey, yo, we strapped and we're ready to kill. Right, and, and on top of that, like, if anybody was paying attention to um, what was being said in the uh, the Korean language newspapers, like, you would get the impression that these are people that are not just defending their businesses, but antagonistic towards black people, and probably heavily agreed with 
not only the Ronald King verdict, but agreed with the sort of um, brutality that was being levied by police against black people. Yeah, I agree. This is uh, a different topic, but I just remembered something else as far as, um, you know, just talking about things that annoyed us. Uh, I put a link to a tweet that I uh, put up earlier in the weekend, but um, Bloomberg had this thing, and they always do this thing, and uh, people can still keep talking about the um, the LA uprisings as well, but I'm just throwing out this other topic. Have you seen these things where, and I hate when people do this, they're trying to use black people as shields or battering rams to attack Elon Musk, so Bloomberg put this article of, um, hey, uh, black Twitter is in danger because of Elon Musk or black people are planning a black Twitter's planning a mass exodus because of Elon Musk and you know uh, black people are feeling threatened by Elon Musk and I just always hate when like white Democrats have someone they're obsessed with and then they start uh, dragging us out and trying to get us um, upset or making it look like we're upset and it's like I haven't seen any rank and file black people um worried one way or another about Elon Musk taking over getting upset. They did it with Joe Rogan too, where they kept um bringing up a clip where he said the N word and it's not like that wasn't bad, you know, but you don't really care about that. Like this was years ago. You didn't say anything about it until the anti black stuff. And now you're just trying to look for any any anti black thing he did, like always trying to put a battery in our backs all the time. And it's always um gets on my nerves. There's like a million examples of like white liberals, you know, and it's like, you know, putting a battery in our back, but let it be something that like, like we actually talk about like reparations or something. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like cricket. So it, 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 it's, it's funny how we always get kind of brought up as, um, if anything, I've seen like black people just making jokes about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, right? Like I haven't seen anybody who was like genuinely, Except for like the you know the blue check types. Oh my gosh, it feels really good to be able to say blue check and not implicate myself anymore. But uh... <laughs> well, the funny thing with the article, funny with the article, I was wondering like who are they going to quote in the article? And there's only two people quoted in the article. One one was April Rain from Oscar So White, and the other one was somebody who was like a Democratic operative. So it's like <laughs> I have a whole article with only two examples as your proof. Yeah, I'm looking at your thread now, and um, it's funny because I literally only saw people saying, if he starts charging for Twitter, then we're off. I mean, that's pretty much it. But I don't know if, I haven't seen anything about him charging for Twitter, so I don't know. But, um, yeah, I glad we don't see people really caring all that much. I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even care, because, I mean, I was like, well, what difference does it make at this point, unless he starts doing something different and weird with the platform, but... I really don't see why I should care who it's him versus anybody any other any of these other weirdos out here. So I mean my I biggest know. problem with him know. my biggest problem with him is that he's a real dweeb. Like that guy is a major, major dweeb. But as far as like the more substantive stuff, like they keep bringing up some apartheid minds. But then I look into it and it seems like a kind of exaggeration. Like I don't you know, it's trying to make it seem like he and his family were just um, ramping up. The, the one thing I thought that was pretty uh, good case against him was that there's a lot of racism at Tesla. 
and there was a yeah big, I, did, I did see that yeah yeah and it was a big like settlement uh in regards to that and i think that's a pretty valid complaint but some of this other stuff that they say about him well i think most seems of the be, complaints yeah. about him are valid it's not the complaints about him that i think are invalid it's that what makes him any different than any other racist white supremacists that run most of this shit I mean, that's just what, I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, what exactly about him specifically owning Twitter is different with any, than anybody else? That the people that, whose names we don't even know. He just happens. To he doesn't. He doesn't support them. He does. He doesn't support Democrats, and he appears on Joe Rogan. So, so that's pretty much it. But what? It, it, it's kind of like when, it, it's kind of like when you actually like, what's the difference between uh, Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump? Like, like why is Donald Trump's ad against the Central Park Five, an unforgivable crime, but this man's actual crime bill that literally <laughs> locked up, exactly. like, you know, generations, you know, is, is easily forgivable, and, you know, they can't really tell you why. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good um, example, because that's those are literal conversations I saw people having when they were caping to the Democrats. It was like, Trump is the worst ever because of that, like you said, that ad, but we're supposed to just ignore the whole crime bill. So that's actually very accurate, and so it seems like maybe that's pretty much the same shit. He's not on our he's not he's not on our side, so therefore he must be on the wrong side. Yeah, like, it's yeah, it's I like a it's, well, I mean, if it was like uh, if Bill Gates had bought Twitter, I, I don't think anybody would have any problems, right? It would be the same old shit, right? But Bill Bill Gates is a much bigger threat to black people, like all over the planet than Elon Musk is, but they wouldn't be saying shit if it was him because they believe that he's a, a, bene- a benevolent billionaire philanthropist. Yeah, his his overpopulation, uh, I put that in scare quotes, agenda is really, really kind of creepy. And no, not enough people talk about it. Yo, it's so, it's wild because it keeps trying to say there aren't enough resources on the planet. But meanwhile, Europe hoards most of the resources from pe- the people that need it the most. From their own land. That's what's so weird about it. The world family be on that shit too. They wasn't one of Oh, it's way worse. Vita, it's way Vita, it's way worse than that. Like the Bill and well, is it still called the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation now that they split up? But anyway, so the Bill and Melinda Gates <laughs> Foundation um was not they were supporting this idea that um in Africa particularly, especially like Western Central Africa, that their most important uh, social policy right now should be family planning and birth control. And there's been like plenty of um, like from several African countries uh, from uh, from Kenya, from Uganda, uh, from Ghana, etc. Like there's been multiple countries. Uh, ten, uh, ten, there's a I forget the name of the Tanzanian activist who's talking about this as well. But yeah, there's been multiple people in multiple countries that have said like, this is not like this is not natural. This is not like an organic movement that's coming from um, people within our countries, th- these are white people that are coming from the United States, from the UK, Canada, etc. Like they're coming from Western countries and going into like villages and small towns, etc. And not just like educating people about birth control, but basically like making a moral imperative for them, like practically forcing birth control on them because they have to have smaller families in order to save the planet. So it's it's one thing when it's like, people who don't have access to birth control that want to have smaller families. But in a lot of these countries, the reason that they have large families 
is because the children help with things like uh, like like uh, like domestic work and they help with actual like actually earning an income. Some of them are farmers, some of them are laborers, etc. And they have a lot of children, A, because of high infant mortality rates. Uh, so the children don't always survive infanthood or childhood. And B, the children are actually helping to make a living because they, they make so little money there that everybody in the household has to pitch in. So uh, when, when, when the foundation comes in and starts like pushing birth control on them, it's like, okay, so you're, you're actually going to make it more difficult for us to be able to earn a living. And then the second thing is that, um, you know, uh, Bill Gates is part of, I forget the, the name of the foundation, but there's just like this larger foundation that talks about how important it is for the world to not only like stop its overpopulation, but to depopulate. And they operate primarily in global South countries. So telling these countries that, hey, you're like populating the world too much. So we're going to have to like, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to cut back on on having children like you should probably look at having like maybe one child or even zero children i think i don't really get about that too is like even with the amount of uh people that are being reproduced out there in the global south and in africa and everything the amount of resources that one rich uh first world family uses um with like one or two kids, I think, you know, far away is what like, you know, whole villages <laughs> use up in, in some of these countries. Like, it's, it's just so full of shit. Oh, like, that's absolutely, that's absolutely true. Like there's, you know, there's several maps. Um, if I wasn't like laid up on the couch right now, I would get up and, and link it. But like, there's uh, several maps that show uh, the, uh, the carbon usage, like the, uh, the carbon footprint of each country. And so, and, and then you can overlay that with maps of um, how many children per, uh, how many, how many average um, children each family has. So in the countries that have the most children per family, and this is like the heat map is primarily concentrated in like South Asia, some parts of the Asian Pacific, um, in Africa, especially like Sub-Saharan Africa um, and in Latin America, you'll see that they have a lot more children per family, but then if you look at the the carbon intensity, like the carbon usage per country, it's it, it's almost like you can just like over the, overlay the two maps on one another and they're almost congruent. So the highest uh, carbon usage or the highest carbon output is in countries where they have the least amount of children and in countries where they have the most amount of children, they have the lowest carbon output. And yet we still see articles, again, that are like sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that talk about like how important it is to teach um like rural, like people in rural African countries, not to use wood burning stoves, or yeah, like to teach people in and, India, and, yeah, to and, teach people and, in and, India and, not like not not to burn dung for for fuel, um, and then and there was even the one. Private, this was like you have a private jet. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, this was the most egregious one. There was an article that was in the Guardian last year um, that talked about like the import, like how child labor is actually helping, um, helping people in the Congo. Like it was about somebody who was a child, like I was a child laborer and here's what it taught me. And then it was like a picture of like children fucking mining, mining, uh, coltan in a Congolese mine and trying to put a positive spin on it. That's, that's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, Hey, Dr. Claw, I see you back. Yeah. Um, first of all, um, that thread that you put up there T was really, really good at pointing out. Uh, a phenomenon. There was a comment I read or heard this past week about moral panics and how both liberals and the far right use them. Uh, but a lot of people don't recognize how the liberals use them. Um, 
you know, the examples you gave are great examples, this uh, Elon Musk thing. Now, first of all, F.P. Elon Musk, as I like to call him, um, you know, for anything, responding to um, the situation in Bolivia um, because of the lithium, talking about we will cool who we want, deal with it. Uh, I didn't think that was cool. Of course, the, the issues um, of racism at Tesla also adding on to it. But comparatively, and I'm glad Q brought this up. Um, Bill Gates is a bit of a problem, but he doesn't have the same kind of PR because he's associated. They, they, they basically play both sides of the fence, Bill, Bill Gates does. Um, but, you know, in addition to just the, frankly, eugenics campaign he does, especially in the African continent, um, he's a dude who basically put together the foundation, basically the ones who came up with Common Core which exists for the most capitalistic reasons, you know, anyways, like, so they can, you know, put together a curriculum and sell like, you know, Microsoft Surface tablets. That's the only reason why they made it. Um, just the fact that he gets all this PR and, you know, he wouldn't even be where he was if his mother didn't have that job at um, IBM all those years ago. Um, but uh, you know, to kind of bring it back to the Elon thing, um, yeah, it, it does have a lot of similarity to the Trump 2016 presidential campaign where it was being sold as the absolute worst thing in the world. And it wasn't a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It was bad, <laughs> very bad for a number of reasons. But as we're seeing now, um, there isn't too much difference in policy, uh, particularly foreign, but also domestic with the current president. And also... Um, the the real thing with Trump that was different from any other Republican is that he was just more gauche about, you know, expressing some of these things. And it kind of encouraged some of these bougie, like, you know, candidates to kind of fall in line and do the same, like J.D. Vance here in Ohio. Um, but ultimately, it wasn't the end of the world. I mean, um, I don't think that you can really say that, even though COVID did happen during his presidency, that was, you know, generated by completely different things altogether. Um, so as it pertains to Elon and Twitter, well, I mean, the previous owners or soon to be previous owners, I don't know if that deal completely went through or not. Um, Jack Dorsey wasn't exactly the greatest guy to be the owner of the application as well. Like when you think about their user policy, they have these so-called rules of engagement and terms of service. But you look at some of the people who got suspended and why they got suspended, particularly on the left, um, you know, people pointing, you know, putting out, um, you know, well-sourced uh, alternative takes on, you know, or takes contrary to what the State Department puts out there. They get banned and they're not like harassing people. They're not cussing out people. They're not saying like slurs or anything like that. Um, you see things like, um, and I know, you know, some some people here dealt with this, um, just getting suspended because you decide to clap back at somebody. Um, all those things that they put in there, uh, uh, allegedly to counter harassment is really just to protect powerful people that um, usually don't hear from the regular rank and file people um, about um, whatever, you know, messed up stuff that they're doing. You know, and I've always said that it's like every time they come out with some new quote unquote safety feature, like, you know, the little thing that prompt that pops up, you know, most people don't respond like this, you know, and all this other BS. Um <laughs> It usually ends up benefiting uh, powerful people. Like when it came out with that auto block feature, that wasn't for some regular person to get auto blocked. You know, you know that was for like people like Nancy Pelosi who gets quote tweeted for saying dumb stuff, and in a respectful, non-confrontational, you know, non-cussing manner, just basically putting up the facts, auto blocking. 
Um, that's the kind of stuff that you see under um, under Jack Dorsey. So I don't have any reason to believe that that will actually change under um, Elon at all. You know, I think like when it comes to what the liberals are moral panicking about is the fact that, oh, we might bring back Trump. OK, well, maybe it'll be I mean, he's not president anymore and it'd probably be something funny he says. I mean, it's not, at the end of the day, his tweets didn't really affect policy. It was just kind of annoying thing that you would see on the timeline every day because people retweeted it or whatever. Um, I think deep down they want Trump to come back. But- I think deep down, yeah, I do too. I do come back because it gave him something to do. Like, like, exactly. like, you know, every time he tweeted, the same hundred people were in every reply, just just losing their shit. And now they, they now they have to find new things to talk about, like new things exactly. to be, put up more more moral panics about. Um, you know, bro, it's, it's when 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 story. Trump when Trump got suspended from Twitter, Sarah Cooper's career was finished. Just over and done with, right? <laughs> and like, yeah. like Bishop Bishop Talbert Swan, like, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but he, he, sounds, he, sounds, he sounds like a he sounds like a sex pest now. <laughs> like, he he wants some, he wants some bullshit now. Oh, oh oh I haven't seen his tweets recently because I I'm, I muted him because of the Trump thing. Like every single time Trump tweeted, he was like the first name I saw. In the responses, I was like, always like, like, an alert. I, yeah, I was gonna say, like, he had to have had the alert on um, for uh, for for Trump's at because every time I would see Trump say something, he was always the first responder. Like thirty seconds after something went up, like that, and 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 now, like, I mean, I had to mute his ass too, but I actually ended up muting him after Trump got suspended because, like, he just had nothing to talk about anymore. Right. So, you know, the the way that liberals, the white liberals tend to do this, and I have definitely noticed that that trend of, you know, they'll put a black person in front of it. Because one of the times I was really going off about this whole Joe Rogan shit was well before this was during the um, the uh, 2020 um, primaries. And, you know, they made it ill-advised. The, the Barney campaign did it ill-advised, in my opinion, um, promoting, well, Joe Rogan, you know, thinks he's cool. So, and then you had at least, you know, people I would see on my timeline or, you know, by proxy, um, you know, black liberals would be like, well, he said all these racist things. And I'm like, well, you know, your grandma's, you know, in uh, King Street don't know who the fuck this guy is, part of language, but he don't know who this guy is. And I was right about that. And a lot of people didn't really know who he was. I think the most that people heard about him was that second time around when Whatever he was doing, I think Spotify or whatever was going on with him and he had Indiari and all these other celebrities kind of pop up and play that like, you know, that old clip of him. And I was like, you know what, you know, um, I, I'm starting to see what this, what this grift is about. This is, this is a bunch of BS. Um, and it's, you're right. And I loved how, T, how in that thread you just pointed out, well, who was actually saying this and what are their associations? Because these kind of, you know, these kind of, uh, I call them grips, you know, they don't, they don't present as obviously to the American public as this. And like the Bill Gates thing is another great example. You know, somebody in chat had mentioned, and I always say this about Gates when I talk about him, is this dude owns so much farmland, like 69,000 acres in Louisiana alone. Why? Why are you not talking about that? You know, it's like, why does this dude own all this stuff? Bill Gates is a walking, talking uh, argument about the abolishment of billionaires because look at what these dudes do with their money. You know, it's one thing to see, you know, a goofball like, you know, uh, 
Elon buying Twitter for obscene amounts of money. Um, and then another point about Twitter, too, before I, I hop off, is that the Twitter platform is basically made to, you know, commodify outrage in a certain way. And yet, at the same time, they have these policies and features they keep putting in, in there to uh, reduce the outrage or at least reduce the chances of outrage or protect certain people from the outrage, which is it, it just seems counterproductive. You know, if, if Elon wants to drop 43 billion or however much on that website because he got mad at somebody posting pictures of him and Jazane Maxwell, okay. Um, but I, you know, I also think there's better ways of spending money, but really those two guys are great examples of why billionaires should be abolished. And not in, in addition, um, uh, with Bill Gates about, especially about giving them the PR that they get, because that guy is, he, I think he's probably the most problematic of them next to Bezos. Oh, wait, um, Hirochi just disappeared. Um, I was going to say, like, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I have a lot more concern about uh, Jeff Bezos owning the Washington Post than I do about Elon Musk owning Twitter, right? Like, I've said this before, like, I was I was um, on my show with uh, Glenn Greenwald last week. I was saying that, well, you, you know, it might seem like a huge threat and like the existential crisis of our time, except that Twitter right now, and I think for at least the foreseeable future, depends, depends on ad revenue to make money. So... If ad revenue is based on um, advertisers' dollars and where advertisers want to, um, you know, place their place their spots, they don't want to do it on a platform that is has like bad press for allowing hate speech and you know anti-trans language and all that other kind of stuff. So, like, why why worry about that so much? Because his his idea about what free speech is supposed to look like runs completely counter to Twitter's entire business model. So I'm not really, I'm not really that, I'm not that worried about it. And I'm actually not even entirely certain that the purchase is going to go through anyway. It's not, it almost looks like he's trying to blow it up, but that this always ends up being the existential crisis of our time is that like black people are used as proxies for whatever spat happens to be happening between billionaires and powerful politicians. Real talk. Uh, B, if you want to unmute. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. you sound great. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add to uh, what you were talking about earlier with uh, 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 pollution and climate change. Uh, so the thing is, like, not, not only do people in poor countries pollute less, but if you were to make, uh, I guess, sort of like a, a budget of how much pollution we can actually afford to do and divvy it up by the world's population, you'll actually find that uh, people in poor countries are way under budget, right? Like they can actually afford to pollute more, um, you know, and, and not, you know, go over uh, their allotment. You know, and, and what makes this so, you know, frustrating um, and like evil is like, you know, Europe, the West, like Global North, they use pollution to uh, industrialize, to develop, to make money. Um, you know, and now that they got theirs, you know, they want to pull up the ladder and tell the rest of the world, like, oh, no, now, now you have to worry about climate, right? Like, you can't use coal to produce power because, you know, it's unclean, you know, even though these countries are still underproducing, like their carbon footprint is way, way lower. Um, 
Yeah, so that, that's all I want to add. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Uh, thanks for that. Appreciate that. Um, real quick, for anyone who's listening on the web, um, it actually helps us if you're on the listening on the desktop. If you can sign in under an account, uh, it actually helps our stats. Um, for whatever reason, if if you listen anonymously, it doesn't count as a as a listen for us. So yeah, I should have said that at the at the top, but um, take the time to make an uh, account and sign into it whenever you listen on the desktop. It sounds like a small thing, but it definitely does help us. And um, any other things that uh, people want to talk about? Well, I actually thought um, that last point was very interesting. But that was, um, because, the reason why I say that is because I always consider the fact that many of these countries are made poor. They're not poor. You know what I mean? So it's always interesting to me how we have this, in America at least, we have this belief that, oh, you know, we have to go saving these countries. They need this. They need that. They need aid. Um, they're suffering. But nobody talks about the reason why they're suffering, the reason why um, they're poor in the first place. And it's really frustrating because I feel like that's something to me that would be a, a lot bigger or more. That would make me trust the people who claim that they're, you know, um, and who claim that they're, what's the word I'm looking for? Not even liberal, but I guess specifically the liberals, people who claim to be so liberal or whatever, I, politicians in particular. I just would like to see that called out more and actually addressed. But I know that's not going to happen because it completely fucks up, I'm sure, the uh, Americans' benefits. You know what I mean? But I still feel like, it's always weird to even see these see certain types of conversations happening, even around environment, um, even around like you know environmentalism, right? Like what he was just talking about, because at the end of the day, all this shit is created. These aren't just happenstance. These are literally created situations. These are created world problems that are resolvable. The problem is in resolving it. It takes away the power and the money. From the people who are hoarding it. Well, that's when everyone says get over it. Like, as soon as you start talking about stuff like that, then it's like, I'll get over it. How long ago is that? Work harder. But that's the you thing. Know, like, it's like literally yeah. current. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like everything. And I think about that too. And that doesn't take away from. Um, okay, okay. I think sometimes other things people do is they, they try to make it very individualistic. So I don't even think it's necessarily about calling out people who are middle class and even rich, or what what we would call rich. I think a lot of it's the fact that we're not talking about the systems that are in place and how they're creating the circumstances, how they're creating these divisions. Not saying us, clearly we talk about it, but I'm talking about the people who claim that they want to make change. Like, you know, people always hit me up about the um, these different foundations that often you know, hit our communities. I'm sure anybody who works in community organizing or politics or social services, I'm sure you guys have heard of various foundations that are coming to help save whatever population of people that you work with, right? Um, for example, what's Megan, I think we'll call her Megan Mullally. 
not McCain, Markle, Megan Markle. And <laughs> I was gonna say Megan Mullally, isn't that an actress or something? <laughs> yeah, Me- Megan Markle. Yeah, yeah, I think she's <laughs> Will and Grace or something. Megan Mullally is. Oh yeah, that is her, huh? Okay, anyway, um, no, Megan Markle, who is also an actress, and the the prince that she married, I forgot which one he was. I can't remember these people's names. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm. I'm, I'm I think I'm, it's, I think it's Harry. Harry's the one that she married, right? Or is that uh, William's the other William? one? Yeah, she married. She married Harry, and uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something, Vita, and I know this is gonna like cause consternation, but uh, every fucking black woman uh, that had a blue check, especially in the UK and like the west coast of the US, for some reason, was just uh, thirst isn't even the proper word when I say like. It's like they had just they had just like emerged out of the desert, like leaving dead in their wake. Like they were so thirsty over the dude. And I'm like, this is the most mid white dude I think I've Bruh, ever seen. All of them. All those guys look terrible. They're just ugly. I, I never I I'm not even trying to be I know I'm well, people probably say I'm harsh on all these rich white people, but they're they're not attractive. So I don't get it at all. Um, but I think people were just enamored with the idea of there being a quote unquote black princess. No, it was before. It was before that. It was before that. It was way back when, like, um, he would like uh, be at like some royal function in a Caribbean island, and he would be seen like talking to a local, and oh, people were losing right. their fucking mind over it. Oh my god! It, right? You are so right about that. I or even in just like shit. just neutral photos of him like just i don't know taking pictures with the family in whatever fucking hoity-toity setting like he would be i don't know like looking away from the camera and they'd be like see he's not like them he's like one of us i'm like yo what the f- what is going on so when when it turned out that him and, and megan marco were dating and then everyone fucking they're like i knew it i knew he loves i knew he loves that chocolate and i'm like god di-. like Bruh, i don't even see so i don't even see right. i don't I have not even seen Division One athletes losing their minds like this. But you know what? You are so right. You are so right. I totally forgot about that shit. Because it was so foreign to me. It really looked like some weird black girls who wanted to be white thing on the internet. And most of the people, at that time, my time on the internet, you know, I wasn't really aware of how much they existed. And the fact that they were all blue checks, and <laughs> I wasn't really that aware of it. But you're absolutely right. That did happen, and I do vaguely remember elements of him doing something with somebody that wasn't white and then acting like he was some sort of superhero because of it. Um, yeah, I do remember that. And, now this is the thing. They will praise that, the fact that he's nice to a person who has some melanin in their skin, right? They'll get all excited, excited about Mary, Meghan Markle being, you know, she's, a, she's never once called herself black. So I don't like to call it black. I call people what they like to be called. She says she's mixed. So, you know, they're happy that this mixed girl is marrying this uh, prince. Because as far as they're concerned, that's close enough to... But he damn near, you know, licks the foot of, of a fucking African queen or something as far as the way that they're looking at it, right? So they're happy about all these little gestures and symbolic things and PR stunts and all that shit. Totally ignoring the fact that all his wealth and everything he is and everything about him is completely uh, a result of colonization and slavery and rape of their people all over the fucking world. 
right? We totally ignore that part of it. Now, these same, now these same people have a foundation. The Meghan Markle and Harry, what's the nigga's name? Harry, Prince Harry Foundation. I don't know their last name. Now, can y'all hear me? I think it's Windsor, but I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I'm but yeah. Prince, Prince Windsor, whatever the fuck you say. Okay, so, now these people got a foundation, literally, right? And they're funding a lot of great programs and organizations and all this shit, right? But what's, but that's the whole thing. They're raping Oh my places. God, sorry. It's it's called Archwell. Arch, Archwell Foundation. Okay. Yeah. Archwell. That's the name of that foundation? Yeah. And I don't know that he even has a last name because, like, his title is Duke of Sussex. So I'm not sure if he has a last name. Oh, okay. So I don't know how that should work either. But either way, they have a foundation and they're funding a bunch of shit. And everybody wants me to just jump up and down for joy because they got funding going to all this shit, right? But it, it irritates me. And I, I get the nonprofit industrial complex. You're going to get the money from the people that are causing the problems you're trying to solve in the first place. That's pretty much the entire premise of that, right? But to be so excited about, like, I'm supposed to now feel differently about him and his family, or him in particular, because as he divorces from his family, I'm supposed to somehow see him as some sort of special now one of us white boy. Even though the money that we're getting is from the blood of everybody else that he's that his family has been killing. There are there are fr- no no you're absolutely making sense like you know keep in mind like my family's from Jamaica and uh, like we have we have claims against both property and capital that friends of his family uh, got rich off of. So I don't know the idea like that people were so enamored with them was always fucking offensive to me because it's like yo your people owe us money what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Hey. hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no! Um, I was just gonna. Uh, Hirotsu was waiting for a while. I wanted to make sure he. Oh yeah, yeah we should. Uh, we should let Hirotsu up. Yeah, sorry, my thing doesn't update until like hello late. So if I don't see it, it's, it's, that's why. But hi, Hirotsu. Hey, what's going on? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, right? I can hear you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was just just, just taking notes the whole time. Um. So let me just address some things real quick. Um. Yeah. It's about like the whole Common Core thing that was, uh, um, I think it was Dr. Evil, whatever, I forgot who, who was up, uh, Dr. Claw was talking about, like, uh, there's a really good podcast called um, Have You Heard? And it, ta- it focuses on uh, the American education system. Um, and they have, they, they had a really good episode, um, really breaking down um, just how bad the Gates Foundation is for education. Um, and uh, yeah, like, you know, education like you know there's so much i work in it and there's so much there's so much like research um that just shows time and time again like how we got it set up in the in in the u.s is just so backwards and so behind the times um you know just it's just ridiculous um and there was an article that just came out that like black kids are just suffering like they can't even like it's really bad right now in the states with the education system. Um, so yeah, this, if anybody's interested to learn more about that, um, yeah, definitely check out that, uh, that episode and there's like, um, resources and stuff. Um, as for like e, uh, Elon Musk and Twitter, um, I, it's the same shit, man. This is same motherfucking, uh, people owning that shit. So I don't, I don't think that really, um, really matters, but I wanted to point out that like 
don't know if anybody does lots of sci-fi reading, especially a lot of um, American and Canadian sci-fi um, books like hard, called like hard sci-fi, where they try to like use actual science. Um, but like, like a lot of the um, protagonists are like Elon, Elon Musk, like he's kind of, I don't know if he did this intentionally or like people are just looking for like a, a real life re representative of, uh, of a person. But yeah, like I think um, his like fandom and popularity um, come from like this kind of charismatic, you know, genius who, you know, uh saves the earth or like unlocks some hidden potential in science and stuff so i think that's where a lot of yeah go on sorry yeah have you seen all those memes where people make him into iron man uh, uh, like like he is not yeah. robert downey oh, jr can he i can no, i tell you he has no charisma how do they see like iron man in him is amazing to me no it's because <laughs> he has these mid memes like he has these reddit level memes and the thing is like the <sighs> When I tell you the I fucking love science era will be looked back upon as the, the darkest oh, of God. our times. Oh, God. No, that was... Remember back when, like, everybody was a Neil deGrasse Tyson fanboy? Oh, I was just going like, to say that, man. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, the, myth, and the Mythbusters guys the were, chugs, like... All, all the chuds used to hate him, so I used to feel obligated to defend him. And then I realized, yep. no way, he actually does suck. Yeah, yeah like, uh, <laughs> no, the, like, the Mythbusters dudes were, like... Um, they were like celebrities and, uh, on discovery channel, they had this, uh, this boom Diada song that was like their, their, you remember that shit? Um, discovery channel had this, like this, like minute or minute and a half long commercial where everybody was singing the song boom Diada and like a bunch of like different discovery channel hosts were on it and white people fucking loved that shit. It was like, and I think it was a reaction to the Bush era, you know, that was very like it was antagonistic towards like science and antagonistic towards everything from like climate change to women's right to choose and that kind of thing. So like everyone got on this like this the science fetishism kick. And I think we've since yeah, grown out of that, another, but another big thing. Yeah. I remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that was like the biggest like uh that was the biggest um cultural and legislative fight where states were banning stem cell research, but then people were talking about the benefits. And we even fucking talked about stem cell research now. Like, it's just... So, yeah, like, I think it was just, like, all of the... All of the, like, the gifted kids um, thought that they were going to end up saving the world. And then yeah. that has... That that cultural clash from the um, early to mid-2000s has just been echoing through this day. And all of the holdouts, like... All of the... I don't know. They remind me of like the the Japanese holdouts that were found in Filipino jungles long after World <laughs> War II had finished. <laughs> you know, it's like they're like these cultural holdouts, and they fucking boost this guy because he reminds him of the science fiction heroes. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, and and um, yeah, I think you know it's crazy now because you know that's where a lot of the wealth uh, has ended up with with the tech boom and stuff, and they are able to control um, a lot. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's disturbing in a way. Um, because yeah, like it's almost cultish, I would say, um, you know, in a, a new era cult, right? Because he doesn't invent anything. Uh, he's not particularly smart. Like, of course he's witty and smart and he knows math and, you know, but that, I don't consider that smart. He has zero emotional intelligence. And, um, in my, at least that's, you know, I don't really know the guy, but you know, this based on I feel witty is a reach. I've never seen him do anything witty. Yeah, it, I think he he gets he he uh, with in a sense I guess where he 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 gets his fans he he you know like he knows what what to say but then maybe that's you're right like maybe he can do anything and his fans 
<laughs> will like, you know, like just like it anyway. But um, but yeah, what's weird about him is he like he was with that um music artist, that weirdo looking and like uh, Grimes. Yeah, and like they have like there was like an article where they have another it was like so I'm yeah, man, it's just sloppy, but I, I don't want to get into the weeds with that, but yeah, he's just a weird person, and yeah, I think we're stuck with him. Uh, you know, like he's 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 a beer for for you know for a long time. My he's, favorite he's, uh, picture, my favorite picture is him and Kanye, and they just both look like such dweebs in that picture. <laughs> Kanye got one of those those marshmallow jackets. Yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's I guess two more things, and I I jump off. I wanted to bring up. Um, oh, three more, I guess. Uh, is is the the prince that's married to the to the American actress is was he the guy that was dressed with as a Nazi back in the day? Was that was that the other brother? No, that was Harry. He that was the one that, that went to Harry. he went to a, yeah he went to a Halloween party dressed as a Nazi. Man, yo, come on. <laughs> and this is weird, weird about like the whole cancel culture thing, man. Like it's like the like I'm not a I'm not a right right at all. I'm like super left, but this the, the hypocrisy. Is oh, people! Insane, people bro. pick and it's choose. Insane. People yeah. pick and choose who gets can. Like I've, I've stopped worrying about that a long time ago. This whole like, yeah. oh well, you talk to such and such person, or oh, you are like mutuals with this person, or oh, you you consume X, Y, and Z media. I'm like, shut the fuck up, because you do the yeah. exact same shit. You just, you know what the wildest? <laughs> this was the this was the wildest thing that happened to me lately. Was um, uh, one of my one of my like you know mutual friends on Twitter like posted a picture of something, and uh, somebody call them out for not using you know the alt text where you can like describe the image so that people who are visually impaired can still um get a description of what the picture is the photo so yeah yeah so this person called him out for not using the alt text on his image and then immediately somebody was like Bitch, you're not using all text on your images. What are you talking about? Like, went down her timeline and saw all the pictures she was posting and no, no, and no alt text. I was like, eh, well, I don't even take that shit seriously. <laughs> I just remembered I just remembered, uh, another weird thirst moment with um, Prince Harry. I, I totally forgot about this. Do you remember when he took a picture next to Rihanna in Barbados and then everyone created fan fiction in their head about no. how... He was about to get her pregnant or something. Like, like they got oh really my weird god! And, and, and even to this day, people still tweet stuff like, "Remember when um, um, uh, Rihanna once became the the, the Duchess of, Sus- of Sussex?" Like, like, they created a whole um, shipping the ship. The shipping. <laughs> yeah, 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 they made this whole narrative. Like, you know, uh, you know, uh, he's. He almost he almost lost his cool. He he couldn't handle that chocolate and stuff. It was like like they just sitting next to each other. Like like why are you guys so weird? Yeah, it's so bizarre, man. And I guess he had two more things. Um, I think yeah, Vita brought it up, like calling um, I don't even fucking know her name, but Megan Markle. I, I, am I getting that right? Um, yeah, like she's saying that. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> The Megan Mullaly thing is going to be bouncing around in my head for a little while. <laughs> she, she fucking called her Megan Mullaly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's weird, like, you know, this whole mixed term, because I, you know, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's weird who gets, who can get called mixed and who doesn't, like, because I'm, my, my father's Jamaican, I'm also Puerto Rico, so, like, my mom, you know, she look, I, you know, she doesn't look black, obviously, she looks Latino or whatever, but, like, I look black as hell, and like, 
I remember when I was a kid, like, you know, and like not kid when I was in college, like they had like a mixed like campus group. I remember rolling up and everybody's looking at me like, you're mixed. I'm like, fuck y'all, man. Like, <laughs> like, well, I, like I don't, I, because I don't look mixed, I'm not mixed. And like the, that mixed term is really interesting to me because it, 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 it just, it's racist as hell, man. It's like an inner racist thing. You know what I mean? Like to, to rep it. So I've always found that people saying that they're mixed, it's, it's not, it's not about, you know, their ethnicity or not about their, their lived experience, but it's just what they look like. It's so superficial. And I think it ties uh, even, into fuckability politics a little bit. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Even even light skin is like that. Like there's some people that people will call light skin, and some people they don't. Like for example, like people don't really call um, Jay Z light skinned. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's because he has very black looking features. But there's people yeah. who are like actually darker than Jay Z that get called uh, light skins. So I think a lot of times people. When they say light skinned or mixed, they're really thinking about how black you don't European. look. Yeah, yeah, black yeah exactly. Look, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always mad funny to me. Even, <laughs> even someone like Obama, Obama looks to me more like um, a light skinned black guy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you didn't tell me he was biracial, I wouldn't really. Uh... You would never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know like people with two black parents who look more biracial than 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 obama yeah and like my 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 daughter you know she's still a baby she's she's like six but it's funny that like you know she's half she's half japanese she's half asian but uh it's it's weird because you know when i think um she will just be called black you know what i mean even or light i guess lights i don't know but it's interesting how like um outside of the 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 states or like not around other black people she's just black you know what i mean <laughs> but like if you bring her in if she will go into a place that you know i guess is concerned with that kind of you know mixed or about hair or features then yeah then she might be get called light skin or 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 her hair is you know so nice whatever but like it's just really weird how um, like yeah, how internalized these this kind of Euro- European, I don't know, infatuation that has somehow, I think, has grown in, in the past, I don't know, that's 10 years or so. It's really bizarre, man. Like, I, I, if, if I took a time machine and I took, like, myself from the 90s and, and seeing people thirsting over <laughs> fucking the Prince Harry and shit, like, I would not believe it, bro. Like, that is, I, I, I don't know what has happened, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll move on from that. And I guess the last thing I want to bring up, maybe a little change of, of topic, but like that. Okay, that, so that before movie. you change it, oh. can I, I want to yeah, go on. on that. Um, because I find this to be interesting, and I'd be curious, curious about your thoughts, considering what you all you said. So there's some, I'm going to use three women in particular, where I noticed they all say something, well, two of, one of them says something different than the other two, right? So Alicia Keys. I've pretty much only seen Alicia Keys identify as black. She says, I've but heard she black her as hell. And she, she, talk, she talks about her white mother. She acknowledges her white mother. She loves her white mother. Her mother was, you know, the reason why she's where she's at today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she, so it's not one of those situations where it's like 
she hates her mom or anything like that, right? So she, but she still very much says she's black. Um, there's something I heard Paula Patton say, where she says she doesn't identify as mixed, and she does. She feels like when people identify as mixed, is this is their way of just not saying black, like they don't want to mm-hmm. be black. It's basically what mm-hmm. she said. And then I think about uh, Meghan Markle who I've never seen her actually say black. I've heard her say mixed. I've read that she's called herself mixed. I've read that she says her father's white and her mother's black. Um, she was in Africa. She was giving a speech, and she said, I, too, am a woman of color. Again, did not say black, talking to black girls in Africa. <laughs> so I was just curious about what your perspective was on all that in reference to like what Paula Patton said, do you agree, disagree, or what? How, or do you see it completely differently um, in your in your yeah. career? Yeah, I, I, yo, like, I mean, I think it's just um, it's for me, it's a very simple equation. It's you know, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with saying what what you are, then you got some issues, man. Like, you know, I think that's really telling that like she won't say that she's black because that's what she is. You know what I mean? Like it's um yeah, I don't know, I feel like yeah, it's uh it's weird. I, I don't even understand it. Like I can't like I, I could see somebody saying they're mixed, but they're black, you know what I mean? Like I'm mixed. I'll say like, yeah, I'm mixed, but I'm black. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my, my mom, she's not black, you know, <laughs> but I'm black. You know what I mean? Like I don't right. I, I don't understand about not like you don't it's not i think it has a it has a lot it has a lot to do i think with like kinship and community and less Mm. so with like bloodlines and frankly this idea of blood quantum this whole one drop shit that's you know (laughs) that that, that came that came from you no it came from europeans like it's not yeah it's not anything that we're used to or know or understand like Mm. i don't know maybe maybe this is just like you know my uh maybe this is my hotep talking but i i I don't know anything (laughs) no I, i don't know anything about this whole like oh you know uh, blood of my blood shit. Like anybody who's part of my family are part of my family because we accept them as community, not because we're co-sanguine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good question, Vita. Like I, um, I, I don't, I haven't really spent much time thinking about it. You know what I mean? Just maybe it's the hair. Like how, I don't know. Like it's, I, I, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not, because like these are three women. Right. So I, I can't really say, cause I mm-hmm. think, yeah, there's probably a different dynamic you know, you know, being you know, a black guy versus being a black woman that I just don't understand. So I, I, I can't really. You know, yeah, you just have to ask. Okay, so what happens to your hair if you run a hot comb through it? That that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to your hair when you take a dip in the pool, right? Yeah, what happens? Um, <laughs> um, it's you know what's funny in this whole conversation. I just remember something that happened to me this morning, which is um, there's this guy I've known for a long time. Um, for a few years now, um, worked, I've worked with him. He's an educator out here in LA, and um, I know him like on a professional level. And whenever I talk to him, we most of our conversations, as we actually interviewed him on podcast before, and most of our conversations have been about um, students, black male students, and how they're treated in schools. And and I spent a lot of uh, excuse me time on that portion of the conversation because he was a black male educator. So I'm always interested in his perspective. Now, in all the years that I've known him, I did not know he was half white <laughs> until this morning on Facebook. 
It was a re- it was like a reverse human stain story. Oh wait! Is this someone? Is this someone who's been on the, a guest on the show? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I didn't. I did not know that he, um, his mother was white this whole time. It could be worse. It could be like a Jared Sexton story where, like, I, st- I listen. I need to see a picture of that man's parents at like. I, I need to see a picture of that man's parents at midnight on a full moon. I just. I do. I can't. <laughs> No, as much as it, Jared Sexton, he's like one of these Afro pessimist writers that talks a lot about like mixed identity and basically like has this whole like idea about um, like blackness as a like an, an ontological evil or an ontological myth, and that we're all like mixed somewhere, and that mixedness is like America's great, like America's hidden sin, and all. This, and I'm like, I'm looking at your picture, bro. You were a white man with a low Caesar. Like I just, I can't, I, I no. <laughs> I need, I need to see a picture Sean of your parents. King. I'm not buying it. That, uh, Sh- What's Sean his King name? Group. Afro what? Afro. Oh, he's an Afro pessimist. Like he's an Afro pessimist uh, writer oh, and professor. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought he, is he on Twitter? I'm talking about who he's talking about. Um, I don't know if he's on Twitter, oh. but he gets he gets cited a lot. He gets cited a lot by the Afro depressionist types. <laughs> oh, okay, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I assume you're talking about uh, Jared Ball, but. Um, on the Cows radio show, uh, Gus Renegade well, they, had had Jared Ball on. on. Yeah, they and they just would not stop talking about his white mom. His white mom, like he didn't want to talk about anything but that. It was very, very bizarre. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah, no! Oh, J- man, leave Jared alone. What the fuck? That dude is nah. Nah, he's one of us. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, no, he, he's super legit. But but so sometimes, I, like I like Gus Renegade, but when he gets on something, sometimes he has trouble letting it go. Yeah. And, and that yeah. day, he just would not get, get off of it. It was, it, was, yeah. it was hard to watch. Who are these people? Oh, I don't know if you've ever um, listened to the Cows, but uh, Gus Renegade is the host of a show called The Cows, which, when it's good, is oh, pretty I... good. But 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 but, but, but sometimes he can get laser focused on something about somebody and not let it go and that was and it usually has to do with whiteness yeah yeah Yeah, it was it it stands for what was it context of white supremacy and like i i do like his show most of the time but yeah you're right like like sometimes he gets focused on like minutiae that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but i think it's just like i don't know the one thing I i don't like um that some people do is get at um, mixed people who generally like you can tell that they were raised around black people and, and in black culture. So like they might be mixed, but they generally are raised in like black community. And yeah, I just, I just don't like the whole thing where what people would sometimes do is take out their frustrations at the white establishment on mixed people because well, Hey, they're here and they'll actually, mm-hmm. I, I know I can hurt their feelings. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, it's kind of a side thing, but one of one of my favorite cows moments was when he used to have that little girl Justice on, and he would just basically have her say like the most messed up questions, and she's a kid, so he can't really say anything. So he'd have like a white guest, and then and then Justice would ask questions like, uh, "How have you practiced white supremacy today?" Yeah, it would be a lot of um, um, when did you stop beating your wife? 
uh, senator type questions. Oh, she, so, so, so she 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 was like, uh, "How do you practice white supremacy every day?" And then stuff like that. And the people just be like, "Oh, and, like how do you answer that? How do you answer that?" Yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll jump off real quick. But I just wanted to just bring up one more topic. I don't know if it's maybe too much of a change, but um, there's that 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 new movie that that dropped. Uh, I think it's called Northman. Northman, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. North, Northman, uh, the Robert Eggers movie. I want to, yeah. I want to go see that actually. Yeah, yeah. And I heard it's mad good, um, but uh, like it's mad funny because like I don't know if it's a chicken in the or, or the egg moment. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the correct analogy, but there seems to be a lot of like like white supremacist larpers uh, really getting into the to to that movie. Um, and yeah, it's I'm, too I'm, I'm it's two annoying things. There's the white supremacist LARPers, but there's also, and I think this is helping spur the white supremacist LARPers. There's all these um, kind of woke people uh, who want to complain about it that it's not diverse, and they want like a Bridgerton version of the Vikings and what? Want to see diverse Vikings. And I feel like that's making the white supremacist LARPers cling to it even more. Because they know it's pissing off these people. So have you seen those threads? Like both sides are annoying. The white supremacist. I haven't. I have also, not the people... luckily seen any threads on Viking as a white supremacist. Are you? Are, are you kidding Dude, me? You know what? You know what, man? Like uh, I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna fucking uh, discredit myself, but if I have to. Like, sign... bro, if I see if I see if I uh, if I see some soccer Zulu shit with like with white Zulus, I would lose my fucking mind. So like, why? Yeah, why, exactly. why is? Why is anybody work? <sighs> Let them have it, man. I mean, I, that's what I mean. Then this is what it, then it comes down to this whole mixed thing and self-hatred, man. Like, I'm cool with watching Vikings do Viking shit, man. Like, sign me up. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need, no, bro. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I don't need, I don't need woke Vikings. I don't. I do not need. I don't need no black Vikings, man. <laughs> I tell you, I don't need no, I don't need black girl magic Vikings. I really don't. No. <laughs> no. Let's, yeah, so I don't know, but I, was, I didn't see that team, man, but I. Oh man, I'm gonna look for it now. Let's just get angry or something. But yeah, I was curious, like, what? But uh, what I was gonna mention is that people are now like overreacting about the response to this, right? But like, what? Like, it's what's the big deal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that. that what is people... what is cultural? What is cultural criticism in media nowadays, except for hysterical overreaction? I would really like to know this. Yeah. I can't tell you. There's only a few critics that I can actually read. I and outside of people like um, John Semley, Barry Hertz, and Armand White, I cannot think of film critics that I can actually sit down and read and be like, "Oh, okay." So I got the gist that like they they enjoyed the movie. They're comparing it to other films or pieces of art and literature and so on. They actually know their shit, and this is a review that I trust. And granted, like maybe I'm a little bit biased because you know Barry's also my editor at the Globe and Mail, but I'm. St- he actually like he knows his film history. When he when he writes a film review, I trust that he's knows what he's talking about. And generally, if he likes a movie, I will probably like it. And if he doesn't like a movie, even if I do like it, I'll be like, okay, I can see what Barry's saying. With with John, like he's just so funny that even if he doesn't like the movie, and I do, um, his review is so funny that I will just give it a buy anyway. But the rest of these film reviewers are like they're just insufferable. It's all it's all about like what's happening right now in the cultural moment and what needs to be done in the film industry and what um, 
perspectives are valid or what's not considered valid and also like and is, it, is it sensitive to an audience affirmed. yeah yeah seen and affirmed by by everything i, I absolutely yeah. i'm hating this because how like in the long run okay i as much as roger ebert is guilty of the very same thing at least i can go back and re- read his reviews and get a sense of all right so he he liked this movie for this reason he didn't like the movie for this reason if he doesn't agree he doesn't agree or if i don't agree with him that's fine but I at least respect where his opinion is coming from. Like, it's at least actual film criticism. Even if he did have a whole lot of, like, I think, I don't know, I guess you could call it, like, woke virtue signaling in some, in some of his stuff. But, uh, I don't know, like, now... BBC is... The Brits are really bad at this now, more than yeah. anybody. Like, like, like um, there's, there's some show on, I don't know what it is, but it has, like, um, a black a black woman... Uh, it's either a Viking or it's an Anglo-Saxon barbarian. Um, but, but oh, is that uh, is that the and last then, the last kingdom? Um, no, no, it's not. It's not. I don't know. If the last kingdom has that too, but it, this this particular one is not the last kingdom. It's some some uh, new British thing they just announced, and all the chuds on YouTube are complaining about it. And then because the chuds are complaining about it, that's making the woke people, you know. Cape for it more and it's like i don't like the chuds but at the same time like sometimes you're right for the wrong reasons and it's like mm-hmm. it does look stupid <laughs> like yeah. it, it looks really stupid yeah like yeah, why yeah. is she there yes it is it is and that, well, that's the question i wanted to just pose before i jump off is you know it like are, why do you like why why do you think people are surprised at like the fact that like they're like they're they're like um, you know like Nazi larpers, you know what I mean? Like I, I like um, I think it was like earlier on the conversation. Like people don't want to talk about stuff because if you talk about it, then you realize just how bad it is. You know what I mean? So like I well I'm, one I'm thing really... to one thing to real one thing to realize is that like the Nazis were themselves LARPers. Like they were into a whole lot of weird like Nordic rune shit that they had no claim to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They were also yeah. really into like Aryan and Vedic culture uh from yeah, India. Like in India. Again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which again they had no claim to whatsoever. So like they were like they got into this stuff in the like the mid to late nineteenth century and like at the in their time they were i don't know they were made fun of like the they were basically like the hoteps of western europe is probably the best way to put it no like nobody nobody no one took them seriously until they did so i i think the key to understanding this is that like if the not i mean there's always going to be something that you know nazi types or um ultra reactionaries cling to one way or the other but just because they happen to like a thing doesn't make the thing bad because their entire culture springs from a stupid mythology that they had no claim to whatsoever anyway. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, uh, my question is like, why, why do you think people are so surprised that like, you know, it seems obvious that they're going to come out and rep this film because it's the Vikings. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, a, and they were eating like raw meat. Did you guys see that tweet? They're eat, eating raw meat. Oh yeah, they went to the movie theater. <laughs> they brought raw meat to the to the movie theater to get into into the. Uh, oh, oh, not, tell me that's not, not. Tell me that's not true. That's not true, is it? No, it is. Yeah, no. It is but, but I thought maybe it was Come a troll. The, 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 cause I saw them probably. do it, but I think maybe they did it to troll Twitter. I was wondering. Mm, no, probably, probably. They were like doing the uh, the sig the sig whatever you pronounce that shit. The uh, Nazi arm stretch. Yeah, the Nazi arm stretch. 
Um, oh, the yeah, Svastika. The yeah. Oh, by yeah, the way, yeah. the the show is called Valhalla. It's on Netflix. Uh, so it's about Vikings. It's called. Valjampo. Valjampo. It's called Valhalla, and they have a black woman as one of the Vikings, and then they do this other thing that's really annoying. Um, all the chuds started complaining about it, and then they pulled out some historians to say, well, actually, there were some a small, minute amount of black Vikings. And then you look it up, and it's like one or two lines somewhere about a Viking that had kind of brown skin. And <sighs> uh, it didn't say they were Bridgerton. They brought a historian to say, actually... Uh, the queen was black, and you know she wasn't. There's like one person said that. Oh, queen, like uh, no queen Charlotte, who yeah, who yeah. like may or may not have had um, like Moroccan ancestry or something. Yeah, yeah, which not, was not the same as being West African descent, uh, yeah. notably black, which is what these historians. You know, because you, you know what it is. It's like if you if if you wanna if you wanna LARP as a royal, do that. Like it, it's fine. You you can, but you don't have to try and get. Um, you know, historians and le- you don't have to have people embarrassing themselves and delegitimizing themselves just to uh, live up to your little uh, your, your fanfic. You know what I mean? But like, it's there's, like there's those... plenty. There's plenty enough in terms of like there's plenty enough in terms of stories, um, like African stories that can be told without you having to freaking embarrass yourself and embarrass other people this way. But those historians, they'll get a check out of it. So a lot of them are really are more than willing to delegitimize themselves because. The historian that was, you know, verifying that Charlotte was notably West African, she was in like 12 different publications of, you know, of legacy media publications of people interviewing her because she was probably one of the only ones willing to actually uh, debase herself that way. Yeah. 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 So it's a it's a pretty there's a lot of incentive to, to do it, sadly. I don't know. It just it, it 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 just really screams insecurity to me because it's like the only reason that you would cling to somebody else's culture this hard and then try to have somebody legitimize your your self insert fanfics that way is because you either don't know enough about your own history or you're embarrassed at it. Um, there was that meme that I liked where someone took the handshake meme of uh, from from Rocky from Rocky Three where. Apollo and no, it's from Rocky it's from uh, oh yeah 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 with with the shaking hands or the white arm and the black arm. And oh no, that's uh, that's from Predator. That's from uh, that's somebody that's, that's like an artistic rendition of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers um, adapting each other from Predator. Oh wait, no, no, that one I thought was from um, when no Rocky Rocky and Apollo are training together. Nope, that's from uh, no. I mean, it, it is Carl Weathers. It's it, it's his arm, but the other arm is Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Oh, uh, okay. The um, well, 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 that meme. Uh, they put on the white. They put on the white arm. Um, on the white arm, they put white supremacists, and on the black arm, they put uh, representation matters. Uh, POC, and then where the hand meets, uh, they put the words. Only white people have culture worth celebrating. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I need that meme. Yeah, I've been trying to find it again. I should have bookmarked it when I saw it. I haven't been able to find it again. I mean, it's probably easy enough to recreate. You, you can always, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you can always recreate it. But, yeah, that is absolutely true. Cause like, and the thing, the funny thing is, I'm, do, you, do you remember, um, like, there was a, a long period of time where a lot of people on Twitter thought I was a hotep? I think a lot of people still do. 
um, which is why I joke about it. Well, 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 it it depends. It depends because it's um by by the modern definition of hotep. Hotep just means if you ever disagreed with anything an intersectional feminist said online. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all you need to be a hotep. So by the modern definition, no, it's like when yeah. I would when I would get into when I would get into like African history stuff, you know, and pe people were like calling me a hotep, and I'm like, I'm I'm not talking about Queen Nzinga because I'm like, uh, you know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like idolizing her or something. I'm talking about like I'm talking about the the Dahomey or I'm, I'm talking about like uh, the Beninese or whatever, because it's pertinent to the conversation. And it's like it's weird if like you would talk about anything to do with African history, people will just like straight up call you a hotep. It is the strangest thing. Uh, were these like black people or white people? Black people. I mean, they would teach their white friends to do the same thing, but like uh, they would say uh, things like, uh, uh, "Oh, you know, like uh, black men in slavery would do this, that, and the third. And I'm like, uh, "No, they didn't." And I'll explain to you exactly why. The reason that's funny is because they'll call you like a hotep for you know bringing up Africa, talking about uh, the Dahomey, but the Dora Milaje from Black Panther, who are basically are based, based on the on Dahomey, the, yeah. on, on, on the Dahomey, they act like those are actual real people. And for Black Panther, they all came dressed up as um, as African people. For so it's like it's it's uh, they make fun of hoteps, but for Black races made up by white people. Uh, they're superheroes. They will act like. I mean, to me, I think it's worse to act like hoteps for for made up black people uh, that were made by white oh, people than than you know to actually celebrate actual African people. They're so weird. I know, I know, and and so like uh, people would say things like, "Oh, you know, like uh, I remember this. This was this was one. Uh, somebody was saying that um, Mansa Musa." Like, oh, why do why do people celebrate Mansa Musa? You know, he he made his money off of trading black women. I was like, no, he fucking didn't. <laughs> like, his father. It, as a matter of fact, Mansa Musa was like, uh, if anything, he was like the decadent king, who because of his like opulent spending, um, people talk about like you know how much how much money he spent in his trip to Mecca. But I'm like, yeah, he also like spent his kingdom's money. Um, and made and made Mali vulnerable against outsiders. So, like after his uh, after his reign, uh, the kingdom fractured. Like by the time of his grandson's reign, um, there was effectively no kingdom of Mali. Um, but when, once you were saying like, oh, you know, he made his money off of uh, trading black women, I'm like, no, they made their money on gold and salt. And slave trading was endemic to like the entire region. And it's not slave trading the way that you would think about slave trading now. It wasn't like you know selling slaves to the Portuguese and they would you know be brought to like brazil and be worked to death that's not how slave trading worked in west africa back then um it was like trading war captives but then when i was explaining all of these things i'm like no like uh, monson moose's wealth was inherited and most of the money was made by his grandfather i got called a hotel for that uh i have a prediction i have a prediction of uh, what people will take with some of the things you said like when you explain that he was doing decadent spending and that helped make his people vulnerable, I can see that. Oh, of course, know, like, a black man would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, oh, not, he's not probably he's probably spending it on white women. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. That, that probably the next thing is going to Musa that that he was he was, <laughs> was tricking it off on on white women. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> say next, and that's what and that's what happened. Like like yeah. stuff like that about the, F, uh, the FBI caught him on tape. The FBI caught him on tape with white prostitutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was the, it was the same thing. And you you saw that one too when like um 
uh, those like multiple threads talking about how like Frederick Douglass um, had that white woman in his home, uh, flaunting her in front of his black wife and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, he didn't. And it's like, here, I'll, I'll show you the passages from like biographies of Frederick Douglass that proves that that's not true. And it's the same thing. You get called a hotep for it. Uh, Kenny got banned for uh, arguing with somebody about that, <laughs> and they banned him over that. The yeah. person, the person had him reported. It was it was pretty funny, but yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good place to end it. Uh, I think no one else is coming up. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, we covered yeah, part th- of it today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for everybody for joining us as usual. And yeah, if you don't have a call in the account, please by all means um, make a call in the account. It helps us if you are logged in when you listen. There's like you know fifty something people who are listening anonymously and you know for whatever reason we've been told that doesn't count toward yeah the we're not we're not stats. pitching we're not pitching you on money we're not pitching you on anything besides hey set up a call on account and listen to us that way because if you like us please support us yeah i guess i i guess the worry is if it's anonymous someone can just open up like 50 windows i mean, I, I don't know what the uh reason for that is but yeah but yeah so just uh, in the future you know make an account and just take a second to log in before you listen on the website. And either way, we're glad that you've joined us and uh, please continue to join us. Check out uh, champagnesharks.com or check out um, their resistance Noir Patreon. Yeah. If you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash R Z N W A. And if you uh, if you want to go ahead and support us, or if you can, um, please do. It helps uh, this show as well as the multitude of other shows, including the Culture TV. So yeah, very much appreciated. All right, and and Rita, you've been quiet. I don't know if it's if it's noisy by you or if you've oh, been no. listening. Just, okay. I've just been listening. Um, oh, okay, well, cool. Were you asking something? I'm sorry. Oh no, no. I was gonna ask if you had any final thoughts before I end the room. Well, yeah. Um, thank you for allowing me on y'all's show. Um, and uh, if anybody wants to follow me, I'm at Lifestar Media on Twitter. And um, yeah, that's it. On Elon Musk Twitter, that's where you can find her. <laughs> Go yeah. find me on Elon Musk Twitter. <laughs> Unless he starts charging, then I'm off. Yeah, same. <laughs> All right, everybody. Be good. Take care. All right, take care.